Hey everyone, welcome to Comedy History 101. We have a very interesting episode today, which ties into the new Netflix movie, The Trial of the Chicago 7, which stars Borat's own Sasha Baron Cohen. In this episode, we look into the connection of political activist Abby Hoffman and the Second City Theater in Chicago. But before we jump into the episode, take some time to like, subscribe, and comment on Comedy History 101, wherever you might get your podcasts, or on our website, ComedyHistory101.com. Also, a week from today, on Friday, October 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I'll be live streaming my show, The Muff, a parody show of The Moth. Yes, you can check it out on twitch.tv slash comedy history 101 or on Facebook Live. And without further ado, you're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101. At the defense table. Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Dave Dellinger, Rennie Davis, Lee Weiner, John Freund, Tom Hayden, and Bobby Seale. These defendants had a plan, and the plan was to incite a riot. I call this portion of the trial with friends like these. <laughs> so I think that last scene okay. he's supposed to be at uh, yeah. Second City. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah. So what you heard there was a clip from the trailer of the new Netflix movie, Trial of the Chicago 7, which stars Sasha Baron Cohen as Abby Hoffman and was written and directed by, of course, Aaron Sorkin. And yes, you've tuned into another episode of Comedy History 101. Where we school you in what? Comedy. Com- comedy. I am Harmon Leon. And you know, I, I, you know what Co- comedy? The key to comedy is Harmon. What? What the? Timing. Timing. I already 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 blew the already blew the joke. Or what is the key to comedy with a K? In, in America, with a K which we experienced in 1968 at the Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Scott Colonico, co-host. Ooh, the man, (laughs) the man. Yeah, so again, the trial of Chicago 7 follows the exploits of, well, the Chicago 7, a group of anti-Vietnam War protesters charged with conspiracy and crossing state lines with the intent of inciting riots at the aforementioned 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. Scott, mm. you 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 are an empresario of political history. Tell us what you know about the 1968 Democratic National Convention 
in Chicago. Oh, well, well, Harmon, Harmon, Harmon. Uh, it wasn't very pretty. Let's put it that way. Um, that was the Democratic convention. That's uh, LBJ had announced just a few short months before the convention that he wasn't going to be running. So it was kind of up in the air. Uh, Bobby Kennedy, who was leading uh, the race, got had been assassinated just two months before the convention. So things were all sticky. It was a sticky wicket in Chicago there. And this was 68 was about the height of the Vietnam War. I think there were more deaths in 69, but 68 was way up there. Tet had just started that year. Everybody was tired of the war, so the students were showing up in Chicago to make a point about the war. And the students and protesters, everybody just said, this is enough. And and yes, yes, well, well put, Scott, well put. And for Thank our you. listeners of Comedy History 101, you're probably thinking at this point, none of this sounds funny. <laughs> no, <laughs> watching people get beat by police. It's not if you if you've seen the actual tapes of it, not that funny. Oh yeah, it's horrific. But the comedy tie-in is yeah. uh, the Chicago Seven stars Sasha Baron Cohen, who we know as uh, who Scott Borat, who also he. There's another Borat movie coming. It, out. it came out last night, as a matter of fact. Oh wow. Okay, I've got some catching up to yeah, do. Yeah, so he plays political activist and anarchist Abby Hoffman, co-founder of the Yippies. And today's episode ties into the parallels between Abby Hoffman, who created a guerrilla-style theater, and his connection in Chicago to the legendary theater Second City. Yeah, that was kind. Of, that was interesting because I actually had no idea about this. Yeah. So, anyways, just to go first into the movie Chicago Seven, because there are you know several actors in the movie that come from comedy film backgrounds. Of course, we have Sasha Baron Cohen, Borat, and we also have Michael Keaton, who, if you've seen the Showtime series on the history of the Comedy Store, uh, Scott, how how did Michael Keaton get his start? Where? In showbiz. At the, com- at the comedy store. At the comedy store. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, not a lot of people know that Michael Keaton actually, started as a stand-up. Actually, no, no. Actually, well, he started as a stand-up, but Harmon, before this, I mean, really, if you want to go that far, you know, actually, I, I know this for some reason, I know this bit of trivia. Michael Keaton worked on the Mr. Rogers show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just did <laughs> a spit take. take. No, he did it, did really? he? Yeah. So he's, is yeah. he from yeah, Pittsburgh? Yeah, but... Yeah, he's he's from that area, and he worked on that. He worked on there as like an intern or something. Like he wasn't on the show, but like he worked there as an intern or something. Oh well, and who uh, who 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 uh, directed uh, Night of the Living Dead? Is uh, it George Romero? Yeah, he worked on Mister yeah, Rogers he, as well. Yeah, man, Mister Rogers like the 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 breeding ground for uh, <laughs> comedy and zombies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. George Romero got his chops. Uh, there's a good George Romero documentary that he got his chops working for Mister Rogers. Ah, okay, interesting. Well, that's a whole that's another, a whole open podcast in itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, because there, yeah, there's idea. you know limited filming options back in the '60s in Pittsburgh, so Mr. Rogers yeah. was no, one of the was, the go tips. Yep. It was like the hot, the creative hotspot. Yeah, yeah. And so, lastly, uh, in the comedy lexicon of the cast of Chicago Seven, we have, of course, Joseph Gordon Levitt, who got his start on Third Rock from the Sun. Is it Third Rock? Right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I never really. I watched a couple episodes of that. That was uh, it was all right. Yeah, so check that film out on on Netflix. But let's go more into the real life Abby Hoffman. So uh, who who's on trial at, at, at the nineteen sixty eight? No, it's actually nineteen sixty nine. 
uh, Chicago when 7. They went to trial, yeah. yeah. But the events were all from 1968. So on trial were Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, Tom Hayden, Rennie Davis, David Dellinger, Lee, Lee Weiner, John Freunas, and Bobby Seal. Yeah, that's right. And so they were, again, they were on trial for inciting riots when in reality it was Chicago police who removed their badges and proceeded to beat the shit out of everyone. Yeah, I think it was even, they even, they tried to escalate it, but they, they crossed state lines to incite a riot, which made it a federal, a federal offense. So, so Scott, again, if you're inside the mind of the listener of Comedy History 101, you're probably thinking, well, when does the funny happen? <laughs> right. When does the funny enter into it? Okay. Not, as we already said, not when the the police are beating the protesters. Yeah, that yeah. not the funny So, part, Scott, right? what do you know about the legendary theater Second City in Chicago and its origins? I know that we, we, we've we done an episode on it. Haven't we? We have. Well, yeah, we did a, um, yeah, the history po- of uh, okay. SCTV. <laughs> so, when you think of, like, old school Second City, you're thinking of, like, in the early 60s, you're thinking of like guys wearing like, you know, suits and ties doing, you know, crazy, you know, nickels and May type sketches. OK, fair enough. I, I was I stand I stand corrected. But um, so when 1968 came rolling around Second City, which was founded by intellectual nerds and squares from University of Chicago, was kind of a little bit out of sync with what was actually going on outside the doors of its own theater. Yeah, which, which oddly enough, the doors outside their own theater just happened to be kind of in the middle of downtown Chicago where the convention riots were taking place. Yeah, so again, um, Second City as a theater, it's hard to think that they were sort of out of step with comedy. So what, what, what did they do, Scott, to try to become hip and edgy and appeal to the kids <laughs> who do they hire um uh, well Harmon, they hired uh, one of our favorites here at comedy history 101 they hired none other than harold ramus to come in and start writing jokes for them because he had uh, grown up in chicago and had previously written for playboy magazine yeah so and and playboy magazine as we know uh started in chicago yeah, the very hot, Chicago, the hot spot in the 1960s. You get your, you got your Democratic convention. You've got your Playboy magazine. You got your Second City, Harmon. I smell trouble a brewing. Yeah. So again, also, uh, you know, again, out of step with time of the late 60s, Playboy magazine, because that's sort of your like late 50s, early 60s, James Bond, Sean Connery, Doctor No kind of uh, mentality going on. And Harold Ramis was hired as a writer at Playboy. He said, I came to Playboy not because I was a reader or a huge fan, but growing up in Chicago is one of the major publishing empires in the city. And basically, he got hired by Playboy because he is one of two editors that were young, long-haired, and the company uh, could change and evolve to keep up the pace with a new generation. Yeah, the hipsters. Yeah, so... Through, through his job at Playboy, uh, Ramis auditioned for Michael Miller, who was directing at Second City, and he landed a job with the touring company of Second City, which would perform in Chicago on Monday nights 
and they prided himself as having what kind of jokes, Scott? Edgy jokes. jokes. So again, it was like this changing of the guard at Second City. You know, the ensemble was wearing like suits and ties and the women were in dresses. But on Monday nights at Second City, the touring company come in and they were kind of the long-haired hippie types. Yeah, they just do they do their the political humor of the day, drugs, talk about hippies, all the stuff that the kids like. Yeah, so here's something funny. So Harold Ramis said, um, "I played a lot of le- weasels, a lot of cowards, sweating cowards was my thing. I used to play like hippies and counterculture guys, and then John Belushi came in and he took over those roles, so I moved into the coward role." And and that's a good that's a, and another the lateral a lateral move yeah and another big character that uh, Harold Ramis would play at Second City was a character called Specs or the Professor. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sound familiar? Yeah, so he played like the brainy guys and stuff. So, so, so Scott, uh, Second City's coming in. The protester. It's 1968. Uh, how how did those two sort of cultures sort of uh, cross paths? Kind of, kind of mix up, you know, like uh, peanut butter and chocolate, Harmon. Yeah, it's kind of like this. Uh, basically, the protesters would be meeting in Lincoln Park in Chicago, and around 11 o'clock each night, the police would move in, push everybody out, and it happened to be that the second, second, second city, second city theater was located right directly across the street from there, meaning that a lot of the actors, the actors would be standing out in front of the uh, the second city to see what's going on. They'd see all these uh, police out there pushing all these demonstrators towards their theater. So in many cases, a lot of the second city people would get caught up in the, uh, in the protests. So the police would start uh, bashing on them as well. The protesters, even though at the time, a lot of the second city people were all wearing suit and ties and were kind of still the, the square, the square comedians. Yeah. So again, it's like um, the changing of the times, like right after the 1968 convention, Second City shifted gears and they opened it up with a new show called A Plague on Both Your Houses, which made an attempt to reflect of what's going on in the city. Um, there was a scene where a Chicago police officer. Hey, wait, whoa, no, whoa, let's whoa. let's reenact it. Okay. Let's reenact the scene. Oh, okay. Let's All do right. It. So um, I will set the scene. Um, yeah. Um you you can play the part of the do you want to play the police officer? Okay, I'll be the police officer. Okay, so in the scene, a Chicago police officer was seen beating up a protester. So you can improvise the lines on the police officer. Okay. Uh, 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 you protester, what are you doing here at our nineteen sixty eight Democratic Convention? No, uh, no, no uh, say things like uh, you know, get a job, long haired, smelly, take a bath. No, dude. I'm like, dude. That's. I'm just saying. Why are you in my? Why? Why are you breaking down our role play? Man? Oh, sorry. Wait. I'm a reporter. <laughs> You're a reporter. <laughs> yeah. And so no, the sh- officer stopped beating him, and he took out a gun. And he shot the reporter. Kind of 
very applicable to this day in this era of fake news. Yeah, but I don't think back at the time the 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 reporter would have told the cop what to say, like what just happened there. We broke the <laughs> broke the fourth wall. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Well, no, and, right and, and again, I should have right. gone to my uh, where. And yes, yeah. yes, Dan. <laughs> and and yes, I and know. yes, and if there are any if there are any improv people listening to us, man, that's I think we we we'll both take the blame for that. Yeah. So the reaction from the audience of the 1968 show was um, the entire audience got up, tears in their eyes, and their arms went up in peace symbols. Like it was a, a revival. So that was kind of like a, a shifting of political times Chang- where uh, Change, changing of the guard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let me just let's just talk about. So um, I found I dug this up. So this is kind of interesting. We did find what kind Ooh, of this is a great video. photo you dug up. Yeah, I couldn't find any video of the performance. We'll put the video up on our webpage. I couldn't find any video of the performance. Um, it's because weird. Cause you think you know we had that video of Lemmings, but there's no video of this. Maybe there is somewhere. Um, but I found the uh, alumni for each year, so I just wanted to see. So we're talking about uh, this stuff. So the show started in '68. Let's say it, it bled through to '69. We'll just mention, so this is the alumni Second City Chicago list of 1969. Uh, David Bloom, Martin DeMott, Jim Fisher, Joe Flaherty yep. of SCTV fame, uh, Nate Herman, Pamela Hoffman, Roberta McGuire, Judy Morgan, Brian Doyle Murray. Bill Murray's uh, bro- and, older brother. Bill Murray's brother, and also a very good actor as well. Um, and uh, Harold Ramis, Eric Ross, Cyril Tymon, and Paul Taylor. So you had a few. And did you, men- you mentioned Peter Boyle. One class. Uh, Peter Boyle was actually in uh, two years earlier. So in the picture from the show, ah, oh, have, in, in the photo you have. Okay, got it. Yeah, in the photo, he, but he was in the show. He was just an alumni. So like he joined. This is just the year that people joined. So in, in '67, um, yeah, Peter Boyle joined in 1967. Yeah, it's crazy. Like everyone, like Brian Doyle Murray, you know, was one of the huge stars at uh, Second City, where people just thought. When Bill came on the scene, was oh he just got in because his brother's on in the in the theater. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Jim Belushi. Oh, but Jim Belushi, you would go. Uh. Oh man, did I cross the line? No, no, did no. I, like... I mean, Jim Belushi. Did he do like about three movies with a talking dog or something? <laughs> that, yeah, I am that playing is like. Uh, <laughs> Police sidekick. <laughs> well, he was in man. He was in a ton of like uh, first run like sitcoms. That only lasted like one or two episodes. Oh, yeah, he, he was in a bunch. Of and, and tying into the Chicago Seven, one of his first roles was with Michael Keaton in a sitcom, I believe, called Working yeah. Stiffs. The Working Stiffs. That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Michael Keaton in this movie plays um, the federal prosecutor. He plays uh, uh, he plays Ramsey Clark, the Attorney General of the United yep, States. Yep, yeah. he he does indeed. He does indeed. So the reaction once again from uh, the 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 Second City show plague. Uh, some of the reactions were it was too angry to be funny. So their next review, they retreated to uh, kind of like a little bit of safer ground. Uh, Ramos said that all kinds of problems happened with the touring company that year. Um, case in point, they performed at West Point, where the long-haired material <laughs> didn't go down especially well. Yeah, could, How do you see that? I couldn't imagine that. <laughs> Boy, what a surprise. Yeah. Uh, what, what else happened while they were on tour, Scott? 
uh, at a show in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, not only is the show received in uh, with a blank stare by the audience, stony, stony silence, as Ramus, Ramus reports, but he said that somebody threw a glass at the performers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Ramus wrote that the flopping sh- the show was flopping in, in a panic. They just threw together a bunch of jokes he heard at the Playboy Mansion, even writing a country song called... If I'd known she was dead, I would never have asked her to dance. Yeah, and by then, they in 1969, I'm talking about fall 1969, uh, the cast moved to New York, um, and Ramis and his pals became all the replacements. They, they did the hippie things, had long hair, wore bell bottoms, did their kind of political content, and they uh, called their show, the, they changed the name of the show to Next Generation. Yeah, which kind of signaled the end of the skinny tie generation of second city yep that was the that was the end there but so they were in there so that's fall of 69 Harmon. with the uh, second city people would move on to new york but let's uh let's go back a little bit earlier to back when hoffman was on trial in chicago so this would be going back uh earlier in 1969 yeah that's right so hoffman as once again you can see it in the aaron sorkin movie on trial in chicago so by day he was on trial, but at night, where would he hang out at? Uh, Second City. Ah, that's right. So, uh-huh. so again, uh, Hoffman was no stranger to performance. Uh, he actually was credited for inventing an improvised guerrilla, political guerrilla theater style um, that that was the marriage of absurd humor and disruption of the political system. Yep, they're sticking it to the man, as they would say back then, back in the day. Yeah, so one of the things he did in like 1967, he showed up at the New York Stock Exchange and first showered dollar bills on the training floor and then set fire to a $5 bill. Edgy Gorilla Theater, 1968 convention protest. He proposed a pig for president. Yeah, that was it. I can't remember that. They had a name for the pig, and I do not recall it off the top of my head. Yeah, so again... um, while he was on trial at night, you know, pretty darn sure that he was being trailed by law enforcement. <laughs> so instead of like hanging out with his friends from, you know, the legendary activist group, the Chicago or the the Weather Underground. Do you know about the Weather Underground? Yeah, actually, I, I do. Because I uh, the, one of my first films, The King of Dick, about Elvis mm-hmm. Nixon, showed at the Sundance Film Festival in 2003 before uh, a feature-length documentary about the Weather Underground that went on to be get nominated for an Oscar. And it's a pretty good documentary if you can find yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen that documentary. Also, I have a friend uh, from San Francisco whose dad was a member of the Weather Underground. Yeah. Which which one was he? Um, I don't know which one. I don't know if my friend wants me to say, but uh they 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 had to go off the grid a lot as they say. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it was a pretty big group, uh, you know. There was like different levels to it. And always with these groups there's always sort of like a sex orgy element involved with it as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, a little bit more on the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he he has he has his own Wikipedia entry. Oh. Uh, his name his name was <laughs> his name was Pigasus <laughs> Pigasus J Pig. He was a hundred and forty five pound domestic pig nominated nominated as the president of the United States by the Youth International Party in nineteen sixty eight. Oh, so how how did he do in 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 the election? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we we could, that'd be a, that's a, I have to do a little bit more digging, but um. 
apparently he was the pig was also arrested. That's what I'm reading here <laughs> during the during the convention. So uh, we'll have to go into that into a little bit deeper. I just keep seeing the pig the pig was arrested. Oh, okay. No, it says arrested in quotes. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah, yeah. But did, actually, they, Pegasus, did they end uh, up frying by- him like bacon? No, I think he 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 kept on living. He he lived and retired um, after that. Uh, but a, a, he was no, he was nominated for president in 1968 by the Yippies. Uh, they also discussed a Pegasus at uh, at the trial of the Chicago Eight, uh, Chicago Seven. Sorry, excuse me. I was getting getting ahead of myself there. Um, but yeah, so they uh, Mr. Kunstler was was. Uh, Questioning the witnesses about the about said pig, apparently they purchased purchased him from some uh, farmer uh, outside of Chicago. Okay, wait here here. Okay, here's the end. Here's the end of it. Yes, and the, according to Wikipedia, the uh, the um, uh, the sor- uh, sources vary on the fate of Pegasus. There is some speculation that a police officer ate him. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Chicago police in the sixties. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So Scott, let, let's say you were an audience member at Second City in 1969 during the trial. Who might you see on stage in the character of Julie? Um, now, Julie, what the Julie was um, kind of the Julie character was kind of a kind of an overbearing authority figure, um, kind of from the um, the up and standing portion of society, and that character was typically portrayed by Mr. Abby Hoffman. Yeah, Abby Hoffman, who was actually portraying the judge who is conducting the trial by day, Judge Julius J. Hoffman, um, and at night. On stage at Second City, you could see the judge portrayed by Abby Hoffman. Yeah, so that was kind of a a weird uh, a weird uh, t- case of life imitating art. But also, uh, some of the just to point out, some of the uh, the folks at Second City began began thinking that the reason he was hanging out at the uh, club so much at the theater so much was to kind of provide himself with an alibi. An alibi, and also I think he was dating one of the cast members as well. Ah, uh, <laughs> well, that's a double, yeah, that's a double reason. Yeah, uh, just a footnote, because sometimes we drop names. I remember in San Francisco, we talked about this on our episode about uh, Peppy the Frog. There was always an annual uh, holiday party at a place called Last Gas Publishing, where you'd always get like the old school counterculture San Francisco types hanging around. They'd be like, Art Crumb's brother and, you know, people like that. And I remember I was hanging with a group and this woman whispered to me and she said, that guy standing next to us is Abby Hoffman's son. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I believe it was America Hoffman. Oh wow! Yeah, well, that was like you know when uh, back in the day uh, in the Austin comedy scene, um, uh, Michael McKean's brother Joel was part of the local comedy scene. So I've, I've met, talked to him a couple times. Yeah, I remember I, met, I remember meeting him from my times at uh, the legendary comedy club, the Velveeta Room, now yes. known as the Velve. The Velve. <laughs> save it, save it for the episode. <laughs> save it for our episode about the hate of food trucks. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. So, so Scott, any other takeaways from the history of Okay, uh, you could take your pick here of the 1968 
Democratic National Convention or the 1969 trial of the Chicago 7 or the early history of Second City transitioning into kind of a more radical, humored take on things or Abby Hoffman performing at Second City. Yeah, I, mean, I would just say if you're trying to provide yourself with an alibi, meeting a nice young lady at the time, trying to avoid hanging out with the weathermen, always just might as well hang out at Second City. Yep, and Second City, very interesting history. And also just kind of, I think it's funny to think about that there was a point where Second City comedy was, and using the lingo of the day, was considered, you know, the comedy of the squares. Yeah, the squares, boo. And a big reason that it took a different direction had to do with our favorite Ghostbuster, the late, great Harold Ramis. Um, yes. And with that, I think that concludes our history of Abby Hoffman and Second City. So that means it's time to plug away. Scott, what do you have to plug? Well, Harmon, um, really right now, all I'm plugging is my YouTube channel, uh, This is the President, where I post um, undiscovered uh, bits of presidential audio. One of the last things I just posted up there was um, a bit of newly found audio of Eartha Kitt and LBJ kind of getting into it. Eartha Kitt famous at that time as Catwoman, so that's pretty cool. And then also we'll be publishing in the next week or so uh, a, little, a, a nice little bit of footage about Ronald Reagan predicting drone technology in the 19th. 1980s in 1983 oh wow what would he use that drone technology yeah. on in uh i don't know he did he also i'm gonna say would he use he, it not technology. to mention the aids crisis for four years of yeah. his presidency all, all all i can mention is that he he compares it to space invaders and space invaders was even old by that oh, time God. yeah uh, so that's over on youtube this is the president sometimes we put podcasts up there sometimes we don't so but go to the YouTube and you'll find all the cool stuff there. Here, here. And for me, a week from today, next Friday, October 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I'll be producing my show, The Muff, a parody show of The Moth. And you can check it out on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash comedy history 101. Who will win The Moth? And with that, Thanks a lot for tuning in and see you next time. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Good thing about doing comedy in Russia, you have captured the audience. You're stupid. Everybody's so stupid. Comedy History 101.